All righty. want to welcome everybody to the Church Lives Podcast. I'm your host, Ernest Wills, a.k.a. E-Dub, and I'm joined with my co-host. Hey, what's up? Hey, this is uh, Mr. Wayne, uh, a.k.a. Uh, oh, snap, is that one dude? A.k.a. Hey, yo, are you from Africa? Nah, man, I'm not really from Africa. I just look like it. A.k.a. Uh, I don't know what other nicknames I got. Doc, there we go. That's another nickname. AKA. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. I'm gonna call you the. I'm gonna call you the Doc. <laughs> I'm gonna say, speak, Doc. Yeah. You know, I want you to say something, Doc. Doc, go ahead, and speak, Doc. Speak on that, Doc. Uh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> um, I first got that nickname from a spirit journey that I did back in Wyoming. It was back uh-huh. in 1984. Now, I understand people are going to be like, well, wasn't you born in 1990? Yes, but that's not the point. It is <laughs> 1984. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I don't like coughing. Not what's going on right now. Right. All right. So before we get started, let's uh let's go through a rundown of, you know, where you can find the Church Last podcast. Uh, we are found on Spotify, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Breaker, uh, Pocket Cast, and on Anchor. We are recording on the Anchor platform. And we are going to finish up the last segment uh, <clears throat> of the series of salvation, being saved. What does that mean? What does that entail? Yeah. But before, before we get started, before we get started. I, I want to address this. Is have you heard about the young teenage brother, Kawan Bobby Charles? Have you heard about that brother? Yeah, Wadden? I just I just heard about it today. Today, okay. Yeah, I, I I first heard about it yesterday, and this this is what frustrates me the most about the church and being Christian in America. Christians keep saying that they're persecuted. When I was a Christian, I was like, you know, I was look I would look for the persecution, but I couldn't find it. But when I acknowledged and looked at the persecution I received for being black, it, it wasn't hard to find. Here we have another example of a young man who it didn't matter if he was Christian, didn't matter what he believed. All that matters was he was black. And he they said that he got into the car with uh, his friend and his mother. Um, but no one was there at the house to verify that. And he, he disappears. His parents didn't know who, who this friend and mother were. They called the police. The police said, oh, he's probably at a football game. They couldn't find him at the football game. He never came home. They didn't put an Amber Alert out. They finally searched for him. Took him three days to find him in the sugarcane field. Uh, the uh, the family, either the mother and the son, I'm not sure if there were other members of the family, they skipped town, but they, they had the car. The police found the car, and the car was bleached. Yet these people are not suspects. They're not being questioned. There isn't a search for them. This this brother, that the, the, the original autopsy, the coroner said that he drowned. I looked at the, the images of his body. There's no possible way that he drowned to death. 
as though it was an accident. And once again, we see the persecution of his people. Once, once again, we see the dragon, Satan, waging war against his people and prevailing against them. Once again, we see his chosen people being oppressed, being destroyed. I mean, there, there is no other word to describe the, the deceit, the hypocrisy, and the wickedness of what goes on in this country other than pure evil. No, I, no other word. I wonder how long it's going to take the church to turn this into a, oh, this is a tragic event. We need to pray for forgiveness and we need to pray for this nation because this nation just needs to turn from its wicked. Well, how long have you all been praying for peace and you've never gotten it? How long have you been praying that, oh, we just pray that they change these evil people's, these racist hearts, and they only do more wickedness? I think that's probably a clue that you're probably praying for the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. you, you essentially just keep praying for the wicked to prevail. When nowhere in the world does the Most High even want you to do that. You keep praying to essentially just, you want to, you don't want freedom per se. You don't want freedom for persecution. You just want them to treat you nice. Mm -hmm. You don't really, like, these prayers that I hear, the churches that I see, every time an event like this happens, you could almost uh, signal, like, all right, this case may not even get solved. Then mm -hmm. um, some attorney's going to come down mm -hmm. and convince that ayo you need to go ahead and start the forgiveness train and Man. then all people gonna be like oh my goodness they're so strong for uh, forgiving this such evil and all this stuff and now it just makes you look weak because no one because you're like we are the only people that gets fed this bs about ayo you need to forgive these people who've done in uh evil to you but when you look at all these other groups, when something similar happens to them, forgiveness isn't even on the table. They it's retaliate. Either, they, they either retaliate or they just straight up say, no, there ain't no forgiveness. Like, mm -hmm. I want them to the full extent. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to black people, oh, wait, hold on now. You, you, you got to uh, forgive. That's what the Lord would, uh, would want from us. We got to forgive. And it's like, no. no. Why no. is on the oppressed to forgive the oppressor for no. oppressing us. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. That's some, I'm not going to front. That's some whole stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. who, who even thinks that way? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, you know what? Um, this dude did lynch my people and enslave us and, you know, continue to uh, keep us from different opportunities. But as long as we just continue to be a good person and, can, you know, keep our head up straight, and maybe they'll like us more, you know, even though they keep arresting us and arresting us and beating us and killing us, you know, we just got to keep forgiving. What does that sound like? It sounds like cowardice. Yeah. It sounds like it, you, don't want, you don't really want freedom. Yeah. And that's, yeah, so 
you you only want the 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 road that's essentially the road of least resistance, which turns out it's the road the most resist the most pain because mm-hmm. you're gonna get killed either way. You might as well right. fight for your freedom right. as you're just sitting there laying there. And there's one more thing I want to mention before we get into the lesson. Um, is this is something that I noticed. Um, it's always interesting that the one thing that we haven't done, which is essentially pray against our oppressors or pray uh, for judgment or pray, or just forget the whole forgiveness thing and start praying for judgment. That's the one thing that we haven't That's the one thing that we haven't tried, and it's also the one thing that we've been conditioned to not do from mm-hmm. our oppressors. Yeah. Like people, like you always hear, oh, you know, black people, you know, you guys are just so forgiving, and this and that, like it's a badge of honor. But forgiveness is only for, should be only reserved for people who actually changes their behavior. Mm-hmm. For hundreds of years, they haven't changed their behavior. So what's there to forgive? <laughs> you guys are just hoping, holding on to hope that, oh, man, these people just changed from their wicked ways, and they're not. So since they're not, hold your forgiveness until they do and start praying for them to be punished. Right. Um, what I, what I want to do is I want to, uh, I want to bring light to, to that story. Um, I'm, I'm sure the protests are going to grow, um, but man, if if we pray for anything, we need to pray for the strength of that family and and, and what they have to go through. Uh, that should be the only thing we're praying for. We should not be praying for peace. We should not be praying that uh, you know whoever did it turn itself. We need to pray for the 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 peace of their family and, and for their strength so that they can make it through this difficult time. And we need to do whatever we can um, to help them. I know that they set up a, a GoFundMe page um, to get a second autopsy, which they shouldn't have to do because if you just saw the images, you would see clearly that there's no way that he died from drowning. His face was disfigured. It was a lot like Emmett Till, a lot, almost exactly like Emmett Till, as far as the disfigurement of his face, he was beaten to death. And um, we, we need to pray to the Most High for judgment on those who did it and judgment on this land. Or I'll take it a step further. And this this is just me. I ain't saying this is the Most High or anything like that. This is me. We need to start taking judgment into our own hands. Because at the end of the day, if somebody is over top of you, beating you down, stomping on you, and they refuse to stop, the only way they're going to stop is if you make them stop. Black people need to stand up and say, we're not going to take it no more. Let it happen again. See what happens if it happens again. You won't get no protest. You won't get no marching. You won't get no sink. You're going to get the war that you've been begging for. You're going to get the same war that you've been waging on us for the past 400 plus years. That's the only way it will stop if we do something, aside from the most high, you know, executing vengeance on the own. But at the end of the day, we got we to gotta stop all of this little, little soft stuff where we're going to pray, you know. Protest is cool, but, I mean, the cycle just 
it continues. You know, something happens, the protests happen, it builds, some people loot, you know, but at the end of the day, the family doesn't get justice. Justice, to me, is not them going to jail. Justice is them getting towed up. I mean, when you look at the history of this nation, if white people feel like a black person did something wrong in their eyes, they would take justice into their own hands. All you got to do is look at William Brown. I mean, they went to the courthouse, took him out of the courthouse, stabbed him 30 plus times on his way out of the courthouse, cut off his fingers and toes, hung him on a pole and set him on fire. And nobody went to jail. He didn't go to trial. There wasn't any, you know, well, uh, we heard that this is what he did. And so we're going we gonna to lynch this Negro. That's what happened. They took justice into their own hands. And nobody went to jail for it. And so for us as a people, we want this stuff to stop. But protesting will not be enough. It simply is not going to be enough. We got to start taking this stuff into our own hands. That's our... That's our spirit. We got to get into this. We already almost 15 minutes in. So but we're going to dedicate this uh, this podcast episode to uh, Kawan, Bobby Charles and his family. Man, we 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 man, man, we, we just pray for for that family, pray for their strength in the most high. And, um, you know, we just gonna leave it at that. All right. So um, being saved part four, this is going to be the final part of being saved. Uh, we won't get to everything about salvation, but uh, what, what we want to do is point out the thing, the holes in the, the foundation of the church, the foundation of Christian doc- doctrine when it comes to salvation and encourage you to look this stuff up on your own. And so this last thing, we got to deal with Paul, 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 most <laughs> of, if not all. Oh, of the right. foundational church beliefs about salvation and being saved and going to heaven, eternal life, it all comes from Paul. Something Paul said, something Paul wrote. So this episode is titled, Did Paul Keep and Teach the Law? Because we've been told, according to Paul, we've been told, according to Paul, the law is done away with. We're saved by grace through faith, which means we don't have to keep the law. So we're going to address that. We are going to address that because that's not what he said. Paul taught the same thing that uh, the prophets taught, that Moses taught, that Yahushua taught. We need to keep the law. All right. So the first thing we're going to address is who Paul talks to. So everybody knows Paul wrote at least 13 letters, right? He wrote to um, the Corinthians. He wrote to the Romans. Well, not to the Corinthians or to the Romans, but he wrote to the saints who were in those regions and in those areas. Right. And so what we got to deal with first is the word saint. And so we're going to break this down because we've been told that saint means, well, that's the that's the Christian. That's the believer. No, it's not. So if I go to Romans, let's see. If I go to Romans chapter one, let's let's start with Romans because Romans is the main book that everybody uses. All right. So 
we're going to read his greeting. So I'm kind of going to fly through this. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the holy gospel of God, which he promised before uh, his prophets of the holy scriptures concerning his son, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh, and declared to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by resurrection of the dead. Through him, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among uh, whom you also called of Jesus Christ. Uh, now, verse seven, to all who are in Rome, beloved of God or beloved of Elohim, called to be his saints. So Paul starts all of his letters by saying, I'm writing to the saints. Now, we've been told that saint means, you know, believers. That's not in the Bible. Not in the Bible at all. Not in the Bible. Nowhere does he say that a saint is a believer, that Mashiach died, that a believer is um, someone who goes to church and prays and consecrates and reads. That's, that nowhere in the scripture does a saint, is a saint referred to as that. If we look in the scripture, he's very clear about who the saints are. So I'm going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 33. Remember, we, we have to take it back to the Old Testament. It's like it's pointed out when uh, Yahushua was uh, saying the things that he said and when these letters and gospels was written, that's all they had, that there was no New Testament. So everything that they said referred to the Old Testament. And so if I go to Deuteronomy and if I go to chapter 33. So this is Moses founded. So this is the end of Deuteronomy right before the children of Israel are about to go into the promised land. So I'm at verse one. Now, this is a blessing which Moses, the man of Elohim, blessed the children of Israel before his death. He said, Yahuwah or Yah, he came from Sinai and dawned on them from Mount Seir. He shone forth from Mount Haran. He came with 10,000 of saints from his right hand, came a fiery law for them. He, yes, he loves his people, or he loves the people. All his saints are in your hand. They sit down at your feet. Everyone receives your words. So this is the first mention of the word saints in the scripture. And he's very clear about who he's talking to. The saints are the children of Israel. He said that he blessed the children of Israel right before his death, and he referred to them as saints. Okay? So now, if we go to um, the concordance and we look up that word saint, that word saint is a word called kodesh in the Hebrew. It's H6944. It means sacred, set apart, holy or it means to not be like everyone else wait hold, Didn't, hold up now hold up i disagree uh this is pretty much what people will essentially go to i'm sorry for cutting in because people because you either people will quote romans or they'll mm -hmm. quote john 316 <laughs> john 316 for for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And I would be like, that. that's a great first. 
But did you know that that verse is a precept? Mm-hmm. It's a precept in and of itself. Um, you can actually go to Isaiah 45, verse 17, where it says, But Israel shall be saved in Yah, or God, or Yahuwah, with an everlasting salvation. Ye shall mm-hmm. not be ashamed nor confound world without end. Mm. Oh, man, that, that don't... So, so the world was for Israel because he said, who would be saved? He said, Israel would be saved. What? That don't say everybody. What? So that, so that means when he said, but, but Elohim so loved the world that he was literally the, saying the world. Israel. That's hmm. Hmm. <laughs> wow, man. That's hmm. wild. Okay. So once again, we see where the entire scripture is about a salvation for one people. And the salvation is not, again, it's not where you go when you die. It's about a deliverance. It's about a physical deliverance. So a physical people, a literal people is being oppressed, destroyed, torn apart, torn down, killed, murdered. And they are seeking their deliverance. And he said those who believe in him, he loved that world the world of those people who are oppressed and destroyed and have been destroyed ever since he left right. So these saints are not Christians because in church they say what well, a saint is anybody who believes. That's everybody. We pointed out Isaiah, what you say? Isaiah 45, 17? Isaiah 45, 17. Deuteronomy chapter 33. And I'm going I'm going to read one more before we move on. Uh, I'm going to do Psalm 147. And we're going to look at 19 and 20. And we're going to show that he only deals with his people when it comes to. Um, his commandments and his truth. He de- this is Psalm 147. We're going to read verse 19 and 20. He declares his word to Jacob. It's Israel. His statutes and his judgments to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any nation. As for his judgments, they have not known them. If that's the case, how can Christianity, which came from another nation outside of true Israel, how can that be the truth when he said in his word? That he has not shown his truths, his statutes, his commandments, his judgments to any other nation. If he said, I have not shown the truth to anybody but Israel, how can what they give us be the truth? Hey, wait, hold on now. We we can't keep going on the Old Testament because, you know, we don't do that anymore. You listen to Paul, I mean, Jesus now. Uh, we listen to uh, we listen to those people, even though all of their all they do is just essentially quote Torah. Right. But, we we talked about last week how you know Yahusha all he did was was teach to keep exactly. the Torah. But you know what? Maybe they need just a little bit more convincing. So okay, let's go to the New Testament and let's go to Second Peter chapter three. Verses 15 through 17. 
because a lot of times, um, whenever we discuss the word, a lot of times when it comes to Christians, they mm-hmm. believe that they follow Jesus or Christ, but they really follow Paul. They really right. Paulites. Whenever you combat them with right. Torah, or whenever you, whenever you combat them with the precept, they'll hit you with the letter, and then mm-hmm. it just makes you thinking, "Wait, are you are you supposed to be following Messiah? Or you following like why are you kicking me like letters when you don't even know the precepts that's in the letters?" Right. So the thing, the interesting thing about Peter, um, essentially the dude, like we all know, he hung around Paul. He was, you know, real good mm-hmm. friends. So let's see what he said about mm-hmm. Paul. In chapter fifteen, in um, verse fifteen, an account that the long suffering of uh, of God is salvation, even our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you, and also in all of his letters, speaking in them of these things, in which some of, and in, in which wait, hold up, in which are some things hard to be understood, hmm. which. They that are unlearned and unstable as they do all the scriptures unto their own destruction. Is is you going you going in and out? Can you read uh can you reread verse yeah, 16? Sure. You was you was going in let and me out. See. Like, can you hear me now? Is that a steady? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So let me reread it. An account that the long suffering of God is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you, and as also in all of his letters, speaking in them of these things, in which some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable pervert, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, that that's yeah. My, my bad. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, therefore, beloved, seeing ye know that, uh, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also being lit away with the error of the Torahless fall from your mm. own steadfastness. Ha! Huh. <laughs> so, so he's he's basically saying that Paul's letters are hard to understand for those who are unlearned and those unlearned people they twist the scripture to their own destruction and they lead you towards destruction right so we they're using paul to justify christianity which is what we were taught in church we were taught learn these scriptures that paul said and that's all you need to know that will hold the foundation of christianity but what about if these scriptures are out of context? What about the other scriptures that Paul said that nobody knows about that we're going to go over in a little bit? So Peter is pointing out very clearly that Paul is difficult to understand. Paul was a scholar. He was a biblical scholar. Like He knew the, the Torah front and back. He knew all of it. He understood all of it. That's why he wreaks so much havoc because he's preaching and teaching to keep this Torah again in a society in Rome and under the Roman Empire in a society that hates the Torah. They hate it and they twisted it to do their own thing. He was teaching them, no, this is what you're supposed to do. And he wrote a lot of his stuff 
in those same type of parable type mysteries that Yahushua said. He did the same exact thing. But today, and since even back then, all the way up to today, people still twist what he was saying. And another thing I want to point out, the letters that Paul wrote, he was writing to the saints in different cities in Rome at that time. He was writing to those people specifically for what they were dealing with then. But we have taken that as doctrine and made it so that well, he's writing to us today and we're going to say that this is about Christians and that save means goes to heaven because he used the word save a lot and that righteousness means um, being right in in his sight. But that don't have nothing to do with the law because he kept saying that, you know, well, we're justified by faith and not by the works of the law. But we're going to get into what he meant when he said that, because that, there's a context behind everything uh, when it comes to that. But it's very clear that. The church has twisted Paul's words. And Peter warns us about it. in the scripture. He warns us about how his words was twisted. So what we're going to do first is we're going to point out the scriptures where Paul not only suggests to keep the Torah, but declares that he keeps it, declares that his people are supposed to keep it. And declares that it is from the most high and that we are all still supposed to be doing it. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to point out the scriptures that most people use to say the law is done away with. But we're going to show how those scriptures are being taken out of context. All right. So we got about the uh, the 30 minute mark. So we got about 30 minutes to to get through this, these things. All right. So let's see. So. Here's one of the main scriptures um, that this, I think for me, this is the first scripture that I saw that Paul wrote that said, we're supposed to be keeping the, the Torah. And I was like, wait a minute, Paul said that? I couldn't believe it, that it was in there. Romans chapter two, verse 13. For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of Elohim, but the doers of the law will be justified. Hmm. The, doers, the doers of the law. The but that goes against what you're not saved. You're saved through grace uh, by faith, not of works. That goes against no works of the, of the law will be, no flesh shall be justified. Wait, hold up. So is he contradicting yeah, himself? Oh, and to go to your previous point, if you could go to the next verse. For when the other nations which have not the law do by nature things mm. contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. Mm. Yeah, I, thought, I thought that it, it was given to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the last part is a law unto themselves. He didn't give it to the other nations. So he said that based off one, Psalm 147. I'm glad you pointed that out because I wasn't even aware of that. But he said, he goes on to say that it becomes a law unto themselves, meaning that they simply create their own doctrine. Is that not what Christianity is? Is that not what the what the original church, the Catholic Church, did, and then the Christian Church, which branched off from the Catholic Church, but it still has its roots in the uh, the Catholic Church. That's what the Christian Church did. And when that Christian Church went to 
uh, West Africa and brought slaves to America and to other parts of the world, they taught them that form of Christianity. And those black Christians who converted uh, by force, either convert or die, by force, they taught that to their descendants. And that's what we believe today, even though he said very clearly, they twist it. Yeah. They make up their own thing. And we have never challenged it. We've never been in a position to challenge it as a people because it was either believe this or die for over 250 years. And then when we were freed from slavery, many of our people were still unlearned. Many of our people still could not read English. Many of our people still could not do um, the things that American society was able to do because we were not allowed to learn these right. things. And so we still were taught to believe this stuff all the way up until now. And now we're in a season where we know enough to challenge what the church has taught us. And it has to be challenged because as Paul is saying, it's clearly a lie. It's clearly a lie. So that's the first one that I want, want to point to. Uh, Romans 2, 13 through 14. Here's the, here's the next one. And this, this is a big one because this deals with faith and the law. Because in church you hear, well, we don't need the law. We just need faith. All you have to do is believe. Paul addressed that. And don't you find it interesting that these scriptures are not taught in church? It's, it's almost like these scriptures don't even exist. Because they directly contradict the scriptures that are taught in church from Paul that are taught out of context. And if you don't know the context, you would think Paul is contradicting himself, but he's right. not. Listen to what he says, Romans chapter 3, verse 30 and 31. Since there is one Elohim who just who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. So he's saying that faith does not make the law void. He's saying faith establishes the law. That destroys the doctrine that we don't need the law. All we need is faith. It destroys it. That scripture alone absolutely destroys it. I encourage you to read uh, all of these scriptures, but make sure you read them in their context. Read all of Romans 1, then read all of Romans 2, then read all of Romans 3, and you will see how he got to this conclusion. Yeah, and one there's one more thing that we have to mention, because even mm -hmm. because I've seen, I can see it now that people, even when they are presented with this, they'll harp back onto those verses where it'll essentially say, oh, you're not supposed to do that, even though they're taking that out of context. So just the, mm -hmm. just as a as a stamp on it, let's go to Acts. The reason why I want to go to Acts because you have to read Acts first as a precursor to any of the letters that Paul wrote. Mm -hmm. In Acts, more, more specifically, chapter twenty, starting at chapter twenty one onward. Okay. Is, um, we could start at verse eighteen. Um, essentially. I'm I'm glad you went there because that that was the next place I was going was Acts. But go ahead. <laughs> so, um, Acts twenty one, uh, verse eighteen, and the day following, Paul went in with us 
unto Jacob, and all the all the elders were present. And when he had saluted them, he declared particularly what things God has wrought among the other nations by his ministry. And when he and when they heard it, they glorified God and said unto him, You see, brother, how many thousands of uh, Jews or yeah, there are which believe, mm -hmm. and they are all zealous of the Torah. Wait, hold up. <laughs> what mm -hmm. about the Torah? Dang, I thought that was done away. Mm -hmm. You know what? You know what? That might be a typo. All right. So, and they are informed of you that you teach all the Yahudim, which are among the other nations, to forsake Moshe to, or to forsake Moses. To forsake the law. To forsake Moses. Well, what, what did Moses do? Oh, he, he preached about the law and the prophets. Mm -hmm. saying that they ought not to circumcise their children neither to walk after the customs. What is it therefore? The multitude must needs come together for they will hear that you are come. Do therefore this that we say to you. We have four men which have a vow on them. Now, let's break that down. What, when they say which have a vow on you, they're talking about a Nazarite vow. And that's mentioned mm -hmm. in Numbers chapter six mm -hmm. and essentially um speak uh, words is uh and god spoke to uh, moses saying speak unto the children of israel and say unto them when either man or woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow of a nazarite to separate themselves unto god he shall separate himself from wine and strong drink and shall drink no vinegar or wine or vinegar of strong drink Neither shall he drink any liquor or grapes of grapes, no eat moist grapes or dry wine. All the days shall he eat nothing that is made of wine or of the vine tree from the kernels, even into the husk. All the days of the vow of his separation shall thou no razor come upon his head till the days be fulfilled in which he separates himself unto God. He shall be holy and let the locks of his hair, of the hair of his head, grow the locks. All right, anyway, <laughs> all the days he separates himself unto God, he shall come at no dead body. Unclean for his father or for his mother or for his brother or for his sister when they die, because the consecration of his Elohim is upon his head. All the days of his separation, he is holy unto God. And it essentially goes more and more into detail about what the Nazarite vow is. Essentially, you're separating yourself. So let's double back. See, this is the importance of knowing these precepts and knowing the law, the Torah, and the prophets. Because, because when you approach these letters, when you approach the New Testament, that's there. It's like a essentially what I, how I treat the word is a sliding scale of difficulty. The Genesis and the law and the Torah. Essentially, that's the easy part. You see God just breaking stuff down. So simply, just very direct and all, and very, very direct. There's real easy to decipher. But as you get into the prophets, they start, you know, doubling back and mentioning, oh, did it not say in this book? Or they'll start quoting um, Torah, and it's up to you to pick up on it. But as you progress in the mm -hmm. New Testament, it's essentially mm -hmm. hard because what Jesus does, what Paul does, they aren't give, they're giving you very little reference points to say, oh, it did it not say in blah blah blah. They may just the verse. Mm -hmm. They may just say the um 
just they may just say the statement. They may may just say the verse. Nope, nope. It is, it is written. written. They don't say you gotta go find it. It was written in Deuteronomy. They just say it is written, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And they'll just kick the verse. But a lot of times, if you like what Peter says, if you're unlearned, mm-hmm. we'll just take that verse and say, "Oh well, it, he's saying that it means this." But if you don't understand yep. the context or the precepts of where that verse yep. came from, you are just gonna miss the entire meaning of that. Which goes in part yep. to what um what Peter said is in verse seventeen of like Second Peter chapter three verse seventeen specifically mm-hmm. have to beware lest you also being you will be led away with the error of the Torahless of the lawless of the people who say that the law is done away with you gonna be right there yep. with them thinking that oh well the law is done away with so we we just take this away that's wrong that is, that is yep. absolutely wrong. And then you will be punished just like how they're going to be punished. So mm-hmm. let's bring it back to Acts. Okay. Um, so I was going to go to Acts 24. Because in Acts 24, Paul specifically says, oh, I, this is what I do. I'm looking at verse, I think it's 14. Yep. Verse 14. So Acts 24, verse 14. But this I confess to you that according to the way, hmm, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who keep the Torah of Elohim. Okay. So he's saying that according to the way which they call the sex, so I worship the Elohim of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and the prophets. We we don't have if we understand that this is in the book, that means any other scripture where it appears that he is saying, don't keep the law. We are, we are either misreading it, misunderstanding it, or taking it out of context. Yep. Here, he's, he's basically on trial, and he's trying to defend his actions and what he's been saying. He's saying, look, I worship the Elohim of my fathers, because remember, he's from the tribe of Benjamin, from the kingdom of Judah. The kingdom was split into two. Ten tribes was in the north, two was in the south. Judah and Benjamin was in the south. That's where he's from. That's, that's the lineage that he has. Believing all things written in the law and the prophets. The, the irony, the irony of this is that in Acts 21, they were saying that, hey, he's just teaching people that, the, you know, that the law is done away with, that you don't have to keep the laws of Moshe. You don't have to keep the laws. You can just essentially go get by with just belief. When he specifically states that, no, I believe all things that are written in the Torah and the prophets. And now mm-hmm. look at current day and you see mm-hmm. the exact same thing happening. Yep. Where people are thinking that Paul said the law was done away with when he mm-hmm. says it in Acts that he never said that. Mm-hmm. Like you have an entire doctrine now who are essentially exactly like the people back in Acts 21 who are accusing him of being against the law when he specifically states in Acts 24 that he wasn't. There goes, there goes Matthew 15 again. These people honor me with their lips. Yep. 
but in the, their heart is far from me, teaching his doctrines, the commandments of men. Paul never said the law was done away with. He said, I keep the law and the prophets. This is what I believe. He's saying that the law is kept through faith. He's saying the law is kept through faith. And remember, if Yahushua was the law, he still is not saying that, well, we don't have to believe in Yahushua. We're supposed to keep the law. He's saying, no, believing in Yahushua is the same thing as keeping the commandments. And both of these things are done by faith. That's what he is saying. That's what he's teaching. We, we have about 15 minutes left. Uh, I won't have enough time to read through uh, all the scriptures, but I want to just mention, make mention some of the scriptures that your, uh, Paul said where he um, basically says to keep either keep the Torah or that keeping the Torah is a, a righteous thing and good thing to do. First um, Corinthians chapter seven, verse 19. In that scripture, he he basically says that keeping the commandments is what matters. He says being circumcised doesn't matter whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised. It's keeping the Torah that matters. Romans chapter seven, verse 12. The commandment is holy and the Torah or the law is from the spirit. It is from the spirit of the most high. It is the Ruach. HaKodesh, which simply means the Holy Spirit that empowers you to keep the Torah. It doesn't empower you to believe in Jesus. It empowers you to keep the Torah. It came through him. That's who it came through. Let's keep going. Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. Um, the Torah means to love your neighbor. Remember what Yahushua said in Matthew 22. The second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On all these two hang the Torah and the prophets. People don't even know that love your neighbor as yourself comes from the Torah. It comes from Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. Right. People don't even know that. It's like everything that they said comes from the Torah. Everything that they taught comes from the Torah. So let's see. I got, um, I think I got three more. And then I want to do circumcision because I'm glad you pointed that scripture out in, um, Acts 21, where he was talking about circumcision, because we gotta we gotta get to circumcision before this podcast is over. Uh, let's see, Romans 12, 8. You know what? I'm gonna just read the scriptures and then you can look them up so we have enough time. So 1 Corinthians 7, 19, Romans chapter 7, verse 12, Galatians chapter 5, verse 14, Romans chapter 12, verses uh, 8 through 10, Galatians chapter 5, verse 3, Romans chapter 8, verse 4. Those are just a few that I have. There are a lot more. Listen, we're not going to give you everything. We're going to give you some yeah. stuff, but we're not going to give yeah. you everything. You have to look this stuff up on your own. If it's that important to you that you know the truth about what you believe and what you've been taught, you need to study this stuff on your, for your own. Okay, we, we are not going to spoon feed you every single scripture. We're going to give you enough to work with, but you have to search this stuff out. I didn't come to this truth because I heard it from somebody. I came into it because I searched it out. Is didn't come from this truth because he heard it from somebody. He came into it because he searched it out. You have to search this stuff out. Go reread what Paul said. Start in Romans. Then go to Corinthians. Then go to Galatians. Go to Ephesians. Go to Philippians. Go to Thessalonians. Go to Timothy. Go look at the scriptures and see for yourself that he does not say 
the law is done away with. But we got to get to circumcision because that's where the the entire part about uh, justified by faith and not works breaks apart. So if you was in Acts 21 yep. and you was reading about um, essentially what he was being a part of that was circumcision. Yeah, so um, let me get to that. Um... Here we go. It was uh, tw- uh, 2121. Uh, and yeah. they are informed that teach all of the uh, all of Jews which are among the other nations to forsake motion to forsake Moses saying that they ought not to circumcise their children neither to walk after the customs okay so here's the first thing we got to address with that if that goes back actually it goes back to acts 15 so let's go there real quick so i'm reading verse 1 Acts 15, verse 1, a certain man came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses. We just saw that, the custom of Moses. You cannot be saved. Okay? Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension, dissension is just a a disagreement or division, and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem about this question. So, understand something. When Paul is dealing with um, circumcision in his letters. This is where that goes back to. They said people was teaching, unless you were circumcised according to the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. So that was originally given uh, to Abraham, the covenant of circumcision. That was in Genesis 17. Okay, we got 10 minutes. Let's try to get through this. Genesis 17. So this is the sign of the covenant. So I don't have enough time to read the first eight verses, but go read the first eight verses, then look at verse nine. And Elohim said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant and your descendants after you throughout your generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and for your generations after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. And it's, he keeps going down. He gets into that. So they're saying, unless you have completed this part of the Torah, then you're not saved. If you haven't completed this part, the circumcision part, and Paul is going to address this. And so when we look at... um. Let's do, let's just do Galatians chapter two, because that's the main one that people use. And I'm going to read the scripture that people use, and then I'm going to read it in this context. So I'm in Galatians two, and I'm going to read verse 16. All right. Knowing, so this is Paul speaking, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Yahushua. Even we have believed in Yahushua, that we might be justified by faith in Yahushua and not by the works of the law. For for by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. You've heard that in church. Well, by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified, right? You've heard that. Now, let's read it in its context. 
So if I go to, let's see, because I, I don't want to read this whole chapter because we got we to gotta keep the one. Okay, so let's start at 11. So when Peter had come to Antioch, I, Paul, Paul saying, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were circumcised. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. So basically, he was eating with these uncircumcised people before the circumcised people came. When the circumcised people got there, they, he removed himself from them. And Paul was saying, that's being hypocritical. And so if I go to verse 14, but when I saw they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you being a Jew, live in the manner of the Gentiles as not as Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? Meaning, why are you saying that they need to be cut according to their flesh? He's saying, Paul is saying, that that is not what saves you. That is not what justifies you. That is not what gets you into the kingdom because what was happening was, back then, they were keeping the... Um, the cutting of the penis, the circumcision. They were doing that, but they were not, they was not keeping the rest of the Torah. They were worshiping other idols. They was not loving their neighbor. They was not keeping the Sabbath. They were breaking these other commandments. And Paul is saying, you can't do this work of the law without doing all of the rest of the works of the law. Let's prove that. Let's go to, um, let's see. Let's go to Romans chapter 2, verse 25. Okay. <clears throat> trying, to, trying to get through all of this. Let's see. Okay. So this is this is Paul again. But circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law. But if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Meaning, if you don't keep the rest of the Torah, it don't matter if you circumcise. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirement of the law, meaning does the Torah, will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? He's Paul simply saying, it don't matter if, if you're cut or not. What matters is, are you keeping the rest of the Torah? Are you loving Elohim with all your heart, soul, and strength? Are you loving your neighbor as yourself? Do you have any other idols? Do you have any graven images? Are you taking his name in vain? Are you keeping the feast? Are you uh, obeying the Sabbath? Remember, Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, they was in the temple. If we're not supposed to keep the Torah, why would the disciples or the quote-unquote first Christians in the temple on Pentecost. Why were they keeping Pentecost? They were in the New Testament. They weren't keeping Christmas. They weren't keeping Easter. They weren't doing Thanksgiving. They were keeping Pentecost, which was given in the Torah. This is what they did. 
And Paul is saying you cannot be circumcised with the, in the flesh and not keep the rest of the Torah. That's what he means when he says, by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. He's literally talking about those people who are boasting and getting other people circumcised. He said, that ain't good enough for the kingdom. You got to keep the rest of the Torah. That's literally what he's saying. Again, I, we, we don't have enough time. We got to start winding down. We don't have enough time to get into the rest of the scriptures. But this is just one example where Paul is making very clear. Circumcision does not get you in. It's the circumcision of the heart. It is your heart being changed to serve the most high, not to serve yourself, not to serve church. And serving the most high literally means you keep the commandments. This and, is what Paul taught. for taught. those people who essentially have been taught differently, you have a decision to make. There's no... Uh, <laughs> altar <Yep>. call <laughs> like that uh, past the collection right. no you have, you have right. an uh, honest decision to make with the information that you've seen in Acts and the information that you're going to be receiving in Acts you have two decisions to make when he states that he believed all of the essentially the law and the prophets and everything in Acts 24 Acts 25 14 you have a decision mm -hmm. either one believe him and if you believe him that he believes these things then you have to approach all of his letters with that context yep. if you encounter a verse that says otherwise yep. then that means that you need to go back in the Torah and read and see if that was a precept or that's just something that you just completely missed or that's something that more context or mm -hmm. you don't believe him and you believe that he's lying and if that's the case then ignore all of his letters because why would you believe a liar yep. and another thing is yep. which is very important because I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be like well um, if we're supposed to be doing the law I mean um, essentially how how do we how do we love the most high if now essentially I'm, I've just been lawless <laughs> and, and just been out here. So what do I do first? Did I just go ahead and take mm -hmm. you to First John chapter five, verses one through three? Because because one thing that we're not doing is essentially saying you just gotta forsake everything else and just keep the la 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 la. No, it's something that you have to pick up along with what you're doing, like with along with belief. It's a two. It's gotta do. Since far too often we've just been focused on belief and not about holding yourself accountable according to the law. So, John chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Mm -hmm. Whosoever believes that Yahushua, or Jesus is Lord, or Yahushua is Hamashiach, or the Messiah, and is born of God, and everyone that loves him, that loves him, also that, oh, my phone. All right, also that is begotten of him. By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and guard his commandments. For this is love. We guard his commandments. Yes, you're going, you're going in and out. Read, uh, read that over again. We know that we love the children of God when we love 
when we love him and guard his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we guard his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. So it's important for you to know that this is a two-way thing. Isn't it not a two-way thing? It's a two-part thing. Far too what we've been conditioned into letting go of the standards that he wants us to live by. We have uh, essentially just said, hey, you know what? All I got to do is believe, and then I'll be saved. And without even the context of what belief is and what saved is. And whenever it comes to the mm -hmm. Old Testament or the Torah or anything like that, we've been conditioned into thinking that all, oh, you know, we don't even have to listen to all that stuff while referencing that. While mm -hmm. we, we say, oh, we sit up and say, oh, we don't even need to read the Old Testament. When in a, in a historical sense, the people that you choose, that you're choosing to quote and follow, like Jesus and Paul, in those times, there was no New Testament. It was only the law and the Old right. Testament and the law, the Torah, the prophets. It was only the Old Testament. Right. So how can you sit up here and state mm -hmm. that, Ayo, we have to listen to the Old Testament. We just got to listen to the New Testament and what they said. But when you saying that, the people that you're choosing to follow and saying, oh, we just got to follow what they said, they followed the Old Testament. So where's the what, what sense does that make that you don't have mm -hmm. to pay attention to the Old Testament? You pay attention to the people that paid attention to the Old Testament. Come on, bro. <laughs> come, come on, bro. Yeah. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, you know, we, we, we said this in the past, but we're going to keep saying it. Christianity was given to us by our enemies. And we have been forced to believe it. And now we still believe it. And they've given us pastors, preachers, teachers who look like us, both men and, and women, who teach the same thing that was taught on the plantation without us ever questioning, without us ever saying, why do we do these things? Why do we believe this? What does the word really say? And now we're in a season where his people, he's waking his people up. He said in Deuteronomy, when you are scattered in the lands where I scatter you, you will call to mind the blessing and the curse. And we're going to get into that um, probably at the beginning of next year, talking about the curses of Deuteronomy 28 and how our people are living those curses out right now. He said, then you will return to me with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. If we return to him, that means we must have had him before and we left from him. We've been Christians for 400 years, yet he still has not delivered us. He still has not saved us. It's because we're not supposed to be Christians. We're not supposed to be calling on Jesus Christ. We're not supposed to go to his church and, and keep these pagan holidays, which are or is really idol worship. But we're not supposed to worship the sun God on Sunday. We're not supposed to worship the sun, you know what I'm saying? Like all of these things are things that we do now. And his word says that your iniquities or your lawlessness, your your breaking of my commandment has turned my face away from you. And until we return back to his commandment, his face will continue to be turned away from us. So I implore you, don't take our word for it. We are two young black men, former Christians who believed all the same stuff that you believe. 
but we studied the scriptures. We looked into it for ourselves and we discovered the truth that church is not true. Christianity is not what the most High called us to. He called us to keep his toy. It was never done away with. Ask yourself a question. If the church did not function as the church, would people go to it? Would people give to it? No, they wouldn't. And we're going to address that wow. next week. We're going to start talking about tithing. We're going to talk about the lie of tithing. We're going to talk about that because nowhere in scripture you commanded to give 10% of your income or 10% of your currency to a church house. That's not, no, that's not in the scripture. And what's interesting is that even the word tithe isn't in, in the tithe. New Testament, but I thought we don't keep the Old Testament. Tithing is only found in the hey, Old look. Testament. We don't keep the Old Testament. Exactly. So we, we keep Wait the tithing part, but not everything else. That, and problems and problems. Come on now. That's it. <laughs> it will take money. Yeah. Come, come, come on, come on now. I mean, I mean, right. Once again, black people are being taken advantage of and being exploited, and it's time for it to stop. That's why we're we doing this. We're we tired of our people being exploited and following these lies. We got to get to the truth. We have to get to the truth. Because he said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth has set us free. We, me, it's, we used to talk about that when we first came into this truth, how we, we are so much freer now. Yeah. That we that we keep the commandments. Like, <laughs> we're freer like now than we were when we were in church. So much just from essentially reading the word as is, rather than simply being boom fed to me without the con mm -hmm. proper context. Because I can, I can harken back to just yep. just being like, oh man, I know all of, all the stuff about the word, knowing dang well that I haven't picked it up in years. Now, much like what it, what was stated right. in Acts, I'm zealous of the. I'm like, bro, like, let's go ahead and dig mm -hmm. into this because I, I want to learn more. I want to know more of these right. precepts. I want to know more right. about these prophecies. What did the law? What What did the law actually say about this, this, and this? What did Jesus actually say about this, this, and this? What did the reference points? What, like, once you realize just how much stuff was taught to you wrong, and you actually learn the right information. It just opens up the book in an entirely different light where you're just like, holy crap, I did not know all this stuff was in here. <laughs> like you, 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 yep. you just read like yep. at first you're just like, ah, oh, you know, it's the word. But once all this stuff is revealed to you, it's like you're reading a completely different book, a completely different book. Mm hmm. Absolutely. And so we're we're about six minutes over, so we're going to leave you all with that. Uh, we hope that this uh, podcast was a blessing to you all. Uh, we hope that you see that Paul did not keep, I'm sorry, did not teach to do away with the Torah, that he taught to keep it. Uh, but the, the main thing that we hope that you all get out of these podcasts is that you have a hunger and thirst for the word and what it really says. The whole word. Not the handful of scriptures that you taught in church, but the whole word, because that's your foundation. That is your foundation. Your foundation is the Torah. The foundation is not Romans. The foundation is not the Gospels. The foundation is the Torah. If you don't understand that, you can't understand what Yahushua said. You can't understand what Paul said. You can't understand 
Revelation. I mean, it's it's some stuff in Revelation that goes directly back to the Torah. The mark of the beast. Ooh, when we get into that, ooh, we when we get into what the mark of the beast really is and how it goes directly back to the Torah, it will blow your mind. We can't get into that right now. It will blow your mind. We got we got to catch you up. On no, no, that no. That's foundational stuff. Because yeah, we have stuff later on that yeah, it, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be. Yeah, the, the mark of the beast, it, it, it shook me to my core. But again, you can't understand it without having the foundation, the Torah. The Torah is the foundation. You need to start in uh, Exodus. You know, read, read, read all the Genesis so that you can see the story. But the Torah, the Torah actually, the Torah has been established yeah. before Genesis 1 1. <laughs> the Torah has, has been established before then. But it was given to the people, his people, in Exodus. And then you can see the different commandments. And then you can see how we were supposed to be worshiping him as you look in Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. But that's your foundation. That's the, the true knowledge that you need to know and understand. When you understand that, then the prophets are easier to understand. Then the gospels are easier to understand. Then Paul's letters are easier to understand because you'll read these things and you'll say, hey, I remember reading that in the Torah. And it will be like a light bulb clicks on to you. And so get into this word, get into the foundation of the word, get into the Torah, gain understanding of the word, of the whole word, not just a few scriptures in the New Testament. All right. We're going to leave y'all with that. Um, before we go, we got to say it. The most high is the truth. His word is the truth. But the church is a lie. Yeah. Peace and much love. Y'all take care now. Be safe out there.